Mr. Siausi Lange, <laughs> the Prince of Tonga. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Right? Like your dad was the chief, and I looked it up, saying, "All right, if your if your dad's the chief, what what do they call the son?" And it said Prince. <laughs> well, I think the title that my dad had was called、uh, Ofisakolo. Ofisakolo.、Uh, so maybe I should clear this out. So there's the the kings. And there's the higher chief, and higher chief has a official call to take care of the body of the, the community. Okay. So an official call runs the voice of the the community to the chiefs, the higher chiefs to the king. Yeah. Basically. So if a if a chief and official call don't get along, it's usually a chaos in that community. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if the official call and the higher chief has a way of Um, negotiating in a lot of things than the community. For example, if there is a usually when a king has a wedding, yeah, everybody chip in. All right, everybody <laughs> is chipping in whatever they have, and usually the higher the chief to the king or closer the chief to the king, they provide、yeah. more than the lesser chief. <laughs> so the chief and the town、uh, and the officer colo work hand in hand how they can be able to. Accommodate to what the,、um, the kings need,、right. as far as because we are basically living in their land, is what they their land. Yeah, so, so we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> you were telling me about opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I grew up. It was wasn't even a, a healthy way of seeing it. A lot of people did not like that concept of or somebody telling them what to do. In a way, yeah. So when my dad became the officiacolo, he changed a lot of things. He's he was a bishop for almost seven years. Okay. So he brought in a lot of、uh, ways. Let's just say、uh, the American way, the Western way. Right. There's a community. I've noticed in America here there is communities for women. There's communities for men. There's community for kids. There's community for everything. And all these communities decide what they can do to grow or to improve those areas, and they just come to him, and he just sits there and like listen, you know, listen to everybody reports, see what they propose that would help, and they decide from it. But in the past, whatever the official caller would say, flaws. Whatever the chief, the higher chief would say, flaws. Everybody does it. So that was a major change, and I feel like that was. A very good influence as part of、um, the Western world in our community. Man, you're kind of what you're describing is like a dictatorship. Yes. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so then your dad started making some changes on that. You thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then、uh, after your dad passed away, what do you say? It was about a year and a half into it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they kind of slid back and reverted back to the good old ways of more yeah. of a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, it it more so people will always go back to our natural way of doing things. Yeah. If there isn't、um, a consistent way of leading it in that way,、um, that basically that idea will basically die out in a way.、Um, unfortunately enough, he didn't live enough and 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 push this concept long enough that it sticks.、Um, I haven't heard of what happened at home right now, but that's one of the things that I've noticed is that people need a leader like that. Um, and what I find that if what my dad did, he gives out all these、uh, responsibility. Yeah, the community feel that they are part of the community now. 
That's a huge part. And my, my, you know, like I say, if you're running a company and if you give, if you're like basically just telling your co your workers to do this every single day, eventually they'll like resent or they'll get tired of what you're telling them. But if you give them a sense of responsibility, hey, you're in charge of this part of the, you know, of the job, right. you know, they feel like it's their, you know, they feel like a, a more sense of like responsibility to actually achieve and make it or to show you that he can do it, you know? And that's why I feel like it's a good way to run anything, a community, uh, in business. <clears throat> and I do it a lot. A lot of times when I do my, my, uh, run my business, I always hire people and I ask them like, what do you think of this situation? Their feedback, we, we work on what they're, what they're telling me that have worked for them, or what I've seen that work for me, and usually those projects goes smoother and a lot better than normal. Because then they're working hard because they took part of creating that idea to get the job done. We've seen that in a lot of places. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you, uh, you chip in and have a piece of the action, <laughs> and you feel like you're contributing, and then you feel like you actually take ownership of it. Yeah. That, um, like one of the things that I think you had kind of mentioned is, is like... I mean, the reality is, is you probably could have stayed in Tonga. You probably could have chased your dad's footsteps and maybe become a chief, but you decided not to. Mm-hmm. You decided to make a move, and you came and you came to America. Like what? What was what was the what was the big allure, the big draw that brought you on or brought you to come here? Then uh, dreams, the dream. Uh, the dream, just living the dream. I think as a young age, um, I really we we grew up in like a way different lifestyle than than uh, most teenagers are taught here we were taught the tough love we were taught to work hard um every a good thing every (laughs) (laughs) every every single um mistakes you do we're punished in and back then it was we 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 learned to respect our elder elderly people in that regard and um i i just grew up different in a way i always dream about a better way of living life um, I've seen uh, the, the the joy and happiness of living a really good traditional Tongan family, and I also seen the bad that um, some of the traditional way of disciplining has become. And I've always felt that there's got to be more, and I got to learn something more to it. So when uh, I got the opportunity to serve a two-year missionary in okay. Canada. Okay. So prepping for that was really tough for me because I have to learn how to speak English, <laughs> and it it's was not your first language. Yes, okay. yes. Yep. And then and then I I was hoping that I would stay locally so I don't have to learn a different language, but I have to like overcome a lot of my fears of talking to people, communicating. But what I found that communicating with people, I in turn learn more about something that improves me as a person. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So when I went on my two year missionary, I learned the language. I brought back a different way of disciplining, different way of living the culture the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I've learned that there's more ways to discipline your kids or discipline a, a community than just like to stick to, you know, to the back, you know, because that's how, <laughs> how, 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 how that's I, was it was back then, you know. <laughs> and, um, there's, there's more ways of communicating and negotiating if you're mad at your neighbors. Back then, 
back where I grew up, if you're mad at your neighbors, you sell it in in in, in the parking lot, <laughs> and then after that it's done, it's done. You guys are good, good. Let's go back to you know our normal life. And but I've learned that there's ways that you can communicate because that's one of the things that's missing. Yeah, is the communication part of it, and it, it was huge for me. So I learned to speak. You would talk to people that have been here from Tonga for 40 years, and you can still see, hear. I still have an accent, but I've learned that I need to understand and communicate a lot better if I need to, you know, learn um, the Western life, but also learn that to teach and to share it with my community because it's, it's, they can go hand in hand. What? Like, all right, so you, you came here to the United States. So here, here's what I've noticed. I've noticed that a lot of times when foreigners come to the United States, because they don't have the advantage of like a safety blanket or something, they have to figure out how to make it work and how mm -hmm. to survive and how to, to, to find some momentum. Now, you, you own your own construction company. Right. Um, like, what, what was it like doing your journey to, to finally creating your own construction company? Because last, like last year, you had a really good year. Life really was good, really, yeah. really good. Life was good, yes. For what I... Um Something that people should know about foreigners that are immigrating here. We, I've told this, told this story a, a multiple times. And um, back home, there's high tide and low tide. And when there is, there's low tide, there's ponds of water sitting, you know, inside the reefs. And there's this little fish that swims in those ponds. And these little fish would believe that that is the whole wide world in that little pond. Okay? <laughs> right. Now, <clears throat> when it's high tide... It opens their eyes. It's like, whoa, there's a lot more opportunities. There's a lot more stuff, you know. But, it, but they, they just believe when it's low tide that that is their whole, the biggest thing ever is that little pond. Immigrants that come here to the States, we bring that pond with us. So unless we change that mindset to think, oh, there's a lot more here, a lot more opportunities, a lot more ways to learn. A lot more ways to grow as a person and a lot more success that we can accumulate if we just get away from that little pond and think about the future as like all right we're we're in america there's a lot more opportunities the freedom that it gives us as well too but a lot of the times um when i this is just speaking for myself yeah when i got here i was just <clears throat> struggle it was a great struggle because when I came here, I had the mindset of like, I'm in the bottom of the food chain now. <laughs> <laughs> because we, when we came in here and then you can ask any uh, immigrant and they probably have the same answer as I am. We believe that like whatever is left out in the opportunities, that's all we get, if that makes sense. So you get the leftovers get left rather over. <laughs> than being able to create and make your own. Yes. Okay. We get the leftovers. And like I said, I came in, I brought my pond with me and I thought, this is my the leftover that I got, and this is what I what all I'm capable of doing. It took me a while until like I finally changed my mindset. I came here, I was working for uh, family members. Okay. Unfortunately, I wasn't paid enough, but at the time that was my pawn. <laughs> you know, getting three hundred bucks a month to me that was like the biggest thing. I was <laughs> I was learning. <laughs> I was I was earning sixty bucks a week. On my other job back home, you know, and it okay. was a tough work. Okay. And they come out here 300 bucks a month. That was like my pond. It was, huge. it was huge. You know, I was walking around with like, 
Yeah. Head up high. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> and um and and I remember I um I remember I met somebody and he asked me, What are you making? And I told him like three hundred bucks a month. And he's like, he looks at me like, dude, <laughs> you can make way more than that. And I'm like, wait, what? what? Excuse me? <laughs> this is a month into like my first year. Really? And he's like, yeah, you can do this, you can do this. So I leveled up. I, I realized that there's a lot more to that pond that I brought than I was thinking of. And it was like a matter of mindset, just thinking that I'm worth more than 300 bucks. I'm worth 1,000 bucks. I'm worth, I'm worth 2,000 bucks, you know? Level up slowly to a point where I'm like, wow, this land is full of opportunities. Why am I selling for just that small pond? There's a vast ocean that I can fish from than just like focusing on that one pond. I think that was a lesson that I think I want to share to a lot of kids that shows up here is that don't just settle for whatever you're given or the leftovers. There's more. And there's a way you can achieve those if you just change the mindset, work hard for it, stay consistent. You can achieve it. Um, you ever read that book, The Richest Man? No, 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 no. The Millionaire Next Door? Yeah. That book was crazy. They went through and they documented all this wealthy people trying to figure out who's wealthy, what it's like, and all this stuff. And they found the 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 strongest correlation of wealth among any immigrants that came to the United States it was the Irish. Wow. Why? The Irish were not liked. The Irish were punished and intentionally put down. But because they went through that adversity and they struggled. They actually ended up having to figure out how to build a business, create a business, to sell a thing, to do a thing. Wow. And they are they had actually had the highest concentration of wealth in the United States. And you would have thought, you would have thought that it was the people that were sitting here with the opportunities that would have grabbed that. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like, as you think about it, like a lot of folks here in the United States actually are employees of companies. Right. And you made a transition to actually owning the company mm-hmm. like what what caused you to say wait a minute why i'm gonna take and own this thing why 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 not like why why not <laughs> there's a, a story that i always not a story but basically a concept of like the pizza eh? if there's a pizza here yeah brought up because of my personality i'll wait for everybody to take their piece before i take my piece <laughs> you know and i remember somebody mentioned it to me it's like when are you going to be able to fight for your piece or if you want to take two yeah. And I remember I was doing construction or working up north and I've seen the money back and forth transition, you know? Yeah. And like I get the, the the lower end of that piece of that pizza every single job we do. And I'm like thinking, when am I gonna fight to get me that chunk of pizza that he's fighting for? So that's when I started doing, you know, figuring out. And that's the, the the concept of it. It's like a lot of times people think they're like, Oh, I have to have a certain skill. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm the less, the least person that when it comes to like hard labor work, I hated hard labor work. <laughs> I was forced to do it, but I did not like it at all. But once I figured out that like, if I'm going to be able to fight for that second piece of the pizza, I have to put in more work than I normally am. Cause what you put in is what you get back. So after I did my job in the, end the, in the evenings, I went up, knocked doors. I was talking to people. I'm like, hey, I'm just in the area. I live just across the street. 
I do cement work. If you need uh, any project in the future in the summer, let me know. I, I'm, and, and then I give them my phone number. At the time, I didn't know that you can pass around a business card. <laughs> so I was just knocking, knocking, knocking. And then um, at first, I didn't get any uh, concrete work, but I got um, yard work, like cleaning up, raking leaves. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it for like 200 bucks a day. So after I work on my job on the weekends, Saturdays, I'm like hauling all my tools in my wife's um, Toyota Corolla, <laughs> sitting on the middle of that little car. But I didn't care. I just wanted to go there, clean it, put it on the tarps. And the I remember the first time somebody handed me 200 bucks for my own effort of doing my own business. Yeah. It's a different feeling. It changed things. Didn't it, it changed my mind in a lot of ways. I remember he when he handed me the, the 200 bucks, it was only like four hours of work. Yeah. Um, cleaning up, raking leaves, trimming up the trees, putting it in their trash bin. He paid me and I walked home and I looked at it and I'm like, wow, I did that. I, I actually did that. It just fired me to go out more and knock more doors. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it. I went out on the weekends, knocked doors, and it was just like job after job and then finally as i was working um doing working for a different company doing concrete eventually yeah. people were like oh yeah i got a little four by four that needs to be porcelain cement yeah so that was my first one you took the four, a little oh yeah a little, a little job, little job. Took it. i took it and then after i finished it looked at it and i'm like i did that you know i did that and like to see the smile on people's face i'm like yeah i'm doing something good here. i'm good i'm getting somewhere little by little and then next thing you know, I'm doing like four, five yards. And then now I'm doing 30, you know, 40 yards if they're, you know, people want it. But looking back, that was like the beginning of it. It was just, and I, I felt like it was, I, I had my challenges, you know. Oh, yeah. And never, people never be happy. And sometimes one thing that I've learned about myself is that if I don't, I don't if I don't think about that pawn, I would eventually get my way back into that pond, if that makes sense. I will get into a point where I'm like running great, getting more successful, getting jobs, meeting new people, creating more relationship. But that, that pond keeps sneaking up on me. But if I'm not conscious about that in my head, I'll always refer back to that little, little fish in that pond. I think a lot of people make that mistake because yeah. you have to make the mindset. Like, my guess is, who do you hang around with when you think about it? Because you're, you're starting to hang around with people that are more successful. And my guess is it's starting to change your vibration. It's making you say, wait a minute, life could be better. I could do this. You saw money changing hands. You're like, what are we? I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. I want two pieces of pizza here. <laughs> yeah. And before long, you're like, you're vibrating at a new level, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I tell people proximity is power. You get in proximity to somebody that's got a, the ability to influence and change your life. Like the number one secret I tell people, you want to you change your life, get close to somebody that's already done it. And they will that's drop right. gold nuggets on you left and right. And next thing, your mind will start shifting and changing. But it's crazy, bro. We, we do. We get, we get stuck in our past. Like, what did my dad do? How did my dad treat me? How did my, like, bro, like, what if they did a bad job? Like, why would I want to <laughs> dig up that bone? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I, I love the fact that, like, hearing your story, I love the fact that you're like, like, this is where I came from, but this does not mean this is where I have to stay. Like, I don't have to choose that life. Yeah. I could choose a better life. 
I mean, that's cool. Yeah. People get scared of knocking doors. Dude. <laughs> so for a guy that was kind of shy. Oh, right. It was a learning curve. Me and myself. And I, I can go knock doors any day now. It's because like, it's just, it's one thing like, you know, social media, you can post on social media or you go on Google and you get jobs like that. But there's nothing more fulfilling than actually knock on somebody's door and actually having a quality conversation, you know, and I'm not the best at it. I'm, I'm not, you know, there's more people more qualified than me, <laughs> but just because of my personality and, and it's just, I've, I really love learning from people like you, you know, I walk yeah. in here, I want to know who you are and you know, what you do and what have you done. And, and then to me, I see that as a, uh, that, that just becomes my story. You know, I met Mike and I can tell everybody, you know, and then like I come home or I talk to somebody and they brought up some, something about uh, a certain sport or situation. I'm like, I met a, a lady that I knock on their door and she talked about this, you know, and nothing is more important to me than create that quality relationship in a way. And I feel like it's missing. Um, we're living in a world where I can just text you, tell you this and this and this, but there's lack of uh, the, those quality times of having one-on-one -on -one conversation. And to me, like when I'm feeling like down, I'll go knock doors, you know, even if it's business, but I just, sometimes people just want to talk. And they'll like they'll talk my ear off. <laughs> you know, That's the and, truth. And I love to listen, you know. And and when I'm listening, I'm like, there's something about listening to people. Like you can take a hint of what kind of person they are if they're telling you a story or something. Isn't that crazy? You pick up on the pattern. Yeah. Just hear them out. You're like, I know where you're at in life. Yes. I yes. hear the words. If they say the word, I can't. I'm like, oh, you. Well, you got you got all kinds of limitations. You just told me that you. You create barriers for you, and that probably prohibits a lot of your success. It does. It does. And I think um, I heard this earlier this morning on uh, one of the podcasts. We all have intuition, and they did a case study of, like, men and women's intuition. They come out, like, just balanced, normal, and the same. The only difference is women act on their intuition, so that's why they're smarter <laughs> we just want the fast way of doing things so we just like skip that or you know avoid it so i'm like trying to key into like that you know my feelings what i think um, when i talk to people you know what they make me feel you know what i can contribute to any conversation so i feel like it's 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 a good i think it, it feels me in a way if that makes sense there, like one of the things you just said right there, because I've knocked my fair share of doors and talked to a fair share of people, and and I noticed that there's a couple things I noticed. People buy from friends, mm -hmm. and one of the quickest ways to become friends is that the fact that you were willing to listen to them. And I've I've had people that would just like straight up, I'm not interested in this thing, but then they start talking to me, then they end up liking like me, it. and then they're like, you know what? <laughs> Why don't you come over and talk to me and show me this thing? And then I show it to them. And they're like, I didn't know that. I didn't realize all that value was there. Like, I didn't realize that. And then they're like, yeah, I would like that thing. Mm -hmm. But it only came about because of what you said, which is like, dude, I swear it's one of the secrets to the rags of riches is figuring out how to listen to people, hear what, like, people want to be heard. Yeah. And you give, you give them a chance and all of a sudden they're like, I like you. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh the book of like um how to win friends and influence people talk yeah. about that when i'm speaking to somebody i want to hear them more 
there's a lot of time we talk about ourselves a lot more to people. You know, I did this, I do that. But if you take the chance to listen to people, you'll find there's golden nuggets in that conversation itself. You just basically make them feel that they're more important, you know, than who you are. Yeah, because I can go with a flag around. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a. I'm running a business, you know, I make this certain amount of money. But if you listen to people, they'll walk away feeling, man, I just made a friend, you know, yeah. in that conversation. And that's what I want in every conversation that I do. I want somebody to walk away and I'm like, I like that guy. He's a good guy, you know. You did a, you made a shift in your life because you, you said there was a time when you used to play rugby. I've seen oh. your pictures and I've watched <laughs> you do it. You were like, you were rough, bro. <laughs> You were rough. You didn't yeah. like talking to him. You'd probably take him out in the parking lot rather than talk. <laughs> and now you've done a 180 where oh. you like you became like I would say soft, but you you became willing to talk and communicate instead of try to be aggressive and go like settle this thing. <laughs> but it sounds like it, it, on that journey you started actually making real friends. Yeah. So I I, I share this story not to be able to. I think like when I was raised, we were raised a lot different. Um, like, you know, I've talked about it. Tough love, you know. I've never seen my mom and dad show expression of love. They'll say I love you, but no kisses, no hugs, no nothing, you know. Okay. And um, I grew up just thinking that like, like we have two emotions that people don't know about. In our, our community, and I could be wrong, there's sad and there's happy. There's no in-between stress, <laughs> depressed. <laughs> You know, anxiety. There's no in-between. We don't know any in-between. And that's what I'm trying to teach young youth nowadays in my community. It's like, look, there is in-between. We're just not taught that. We are either sad or angry or we're like the opposite. Just happy, cheerful, you know, and all that. Growing up, when I'm mad at somebody, we go either the other way or the other way. If that makes sense. Like I would go there. I'm like, all right, let's settle this in the front yard. Let's do it. <laughs> Once we get at it, you know, bled, bleed, and, you know, beaten up, we're like, are you good? I'm good. All right, I'm going right. to go home. <laughs> <laughs> rugby, history of rugby is a very rough sport. Every single time, you know, when you're tired playing the game, somebody, you know, hits you in the wrong way or does something that doesn't key into it, there's always a fight breakup. And when I grew up, there was a huge riot between my high school and a different high school constant constant where they it's just like something normal you do after school and people don't know you know people don't know it and i'm sharing this because like i look back i'm like we so were after school they would intentionally go pick fights oh yeah you? oh yeah like intentionally daily oh, oh definitely there would be kids hanging out in town town just looking for trouble you know in a daily way and if there is a, a huge rugby game we're all there hoping somebody starts it <laughs> we can after, you know or, you know, when even when I played a sport, something hit, somebody hit me right, I'm hitting back. Because yeah. I cannot, you know, the alpha yeah. mentality, I would not show weakness <laughs> to that guy. You know, if he punched me in the face, I'm punching back. Even though he'll beat me up, but I will show him. I'll stand my ground. That was like our, you know. And even when then riots uh, broke up, if you're running, oh, we'll come home and beat you up. We'll have to stand there and fight back, you know, growing up. And it was just... I thought it was normal. I thought that's how we live life. Yeah. You know, growing up, it was just rough. And my first few job here, I had to like control myself. I snapped a little bit. Somebody <laughs> broken a few noses. But then like looking back, I'm like, my wife's like, you know, this is America. This is not Tonga. 
People call it the cops. <laughs> When you do that, <laughs> people, you know, press charges. So I have to learn to, you know, control myself a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I remember I talked to my dad right before he died, and I was just, we were just, you know, talking like reminiscing on the past, and he mentioned something that has been sticking with me for a really long time. And um, I asked him like, "What is the definition of a real man?" A tough, tough man. Yeah, because me, I looked at him as like a really tough guy. Never shows any emotion. He works. I never see him like, or never hear him say, "I'm tired." No, he just work, work, work. That's all he does. And I remember he says, "A tough guy controls his heart or his emotion." Dude, there's value in that. It's been it's been with me ever since. Every time my my anger spikes or my emotion spikes, any kind of emotion, anxiety, the His voice always sings to me. A tough man handles his emotions. So I was like, "All right, what am I feeling right now? What can I do to change? Where can I go to avoid this?" So it has been like living with. Me. And then coming here, I married a. My wife is Canadian, so she okay. she grew up in the Western society of things, disciplining kids. I came from a different way of disciplining kids and a way <laughs> of like、did. living. I remember the first time like we started showing emotion. It was just weird to me, you know. But I have to learn it because that's in in my head. In in order for me to survive and to to you know live here, I have to control those emotion. I have to basically learn a new identity in order for me to grow. I've talked to counseling, talked to like therapists, you know. <laughs> So they can figure out what's going on, and a lot of the things that I react on comes from the past. Things that I've done in the past that, like, if I get angry, I have a response there. It's、yep. like automatic. Yep. So I have to like rewrite a lot of things that has happened in the past, so that I can be able to just be a normal person. <laughs> There's truth to that. that、yeah. I mean, you already described mindset. Like, if I pull back what you already said, you said. You had to play a game of mindset. Like, am I worth three hundred bucks? Like,、mm-hmm. I'm worth way more than three hundred bucks. Why, like, why am I going to play that game? But that that was like people get stuck in the past and they don't realize. Like, I, it's like a it's like a record. When a record gets played, it's got these grooves, right? Right. And people keep sliding back into those grooves, but they don't realize that there was a traumatic experience in their past that smacked that thing and caused it to. Cause that behavior to 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 appear,、mm-hmm. and the fact that you you became conscious of it said, "Look, that that was stupid. Let me let me do something different. Yeah, new, new choice. I play this game all the time. It's <laughs> like working, not working. New choice. Is it not working? Like,、yeah. I don't want to pick fights anymore. Okay, so it's not working. All right. So what is working? These are working. Well, what's my new choice? That's right. Play that game, and I could see it. And I'll bet that that's that's got to be the shift that you experienced that's caused your income to shift significantly." Your relationships is like one question I've got for you. So if your parents never showed affection, so what do you do now with your wife in front of your kids? Do you do you carry your dad's same same method forward, or do you allow your kids to see some affection now? I, I allow my kids to see affection. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, and I there is some、uh, benefits to it、yeah. for me, you know. Because I've never seen it. I watch it on movies.、Right. That's pretty much all that I have seen is you know the affection part of it. It's on movies. In my community, it's just tough love. They know they love each other. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. We they know you know. But it's just something about showing it. It's healthy, especially for kids. And 
that's why I feel like beneficial is that my kid sees that I'm showing affection to their mother and they know one day they'll find a man that shows affection, you know, because <laughs> like it took me a lot of learning. And what I'm doing right now is breaking that chain in that regard, uh, you know, in that sense so that when my uh, future generation grows up, they will see a different way of, you know, showing love. It's not just like, you know, I love you. And then, you know, go back to it. It's, you show it. You genuinely show it to them that you love them. Because it's a healthy uh, concept. If them Like my kids see it and they're like, yeah, I'll find a man kind of like my dad, you know. Right. That will show me <laughs> love, you know, instead of man that just doesn't, you know, just quiet and just never said it to in front of people, you know. It affects kids, I know. It does. It does. My... My wife, I think her dad's told her like three times in her entire life that she can remember that he loves her. Yeah. And so if he sends her a card and if he put that word in it, she has the card. She won't throw it away. She's like, you don't ever say it. Like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know. But like, but breaking that chain of the past. Yeah. Like that, that's a big deal. You have to, you have to change, break that chain. One of the things that, you know, I, I think it's appropriate to all men discipline our kids and in the midst of disciplining them, they would say, I'm doing this because I love you. That's the <laughs> only time that I affiliate I love you is when I am punished or disciplined. <laughs> so you can see I had to work extra hard to know that there is a healthier way of saying I love you. Yeah, because you know? it didn't feel like love. Did it didn't it? feel like it. Dude, I'm like, I'm it. out here crying. Bro, like, <laughs> less love for me, man. You keep that love. <laughs> so there, there you know, Breaking the chain is what I'm after. I'm trying to teach a way, a different way of raising kids, parenting, showing love and affection. Because if in my with my experience with my culture, if we're not taught that knowledge, we'll just continue to live in that pond. We're yep. still gonna be staying in that mindset unless somebody says something that it's you know acknowledged. And you know what's funny? Recently, I've been speaking out about it. You know, either in my social media. Or even when I'm sitting down with friends. And guess what? Everybody's like, I understand what you're saying. I know. I agree. Yeah. And I'm like, why doesn't everybody, anybody say it or acknowledge it or express it? And I'm sure they probably express it in the right way. But I've learned in my experience, there's a healthier way of teaching those kinds of principles. If, especially if it's a culture that has been years and years of being instilled on the community. There's a healthier and a better way. We can't just walk out there, whip around the whip, and this is how you should do this, and this, and this. And I think boundaries is a key thing that, you know, I've seen that have, have helped me. I set boundaries with everybody. And not necessarily boundaries where I'm, like, forcing them. I'm just saying, like, look, when you do certain things, this is what I think. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not trying to change them. They understand now that, like, whatever they're doing, this is what affects me in a way. Is I do it with my friends, my family members, you know, even my own family. Um, they appreciate that. Oh, they do. At least they know where you're coming from. Yeah. And um, a lot of times we, we kind of fake a lot of things or BS a lot of things to make it look good. I just tell them straight up, this is what's going on and this is what I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, 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 you know, they can either take it the wrong way, uh, the good way or the, the wrong way. It doesn't matter, but at least they know where I stand. And I think that's yeah. one of the things I'm trying to help a future generation in the Polynesian community. Yeah, there's value in that. Yeah. Because they went to a training once with uh, one of my friends. He's got a company. He's, about a, he's running about $100 million a year. And he's like, you know what? He goes, 
one of the things is getting in your guys' way. He goes, you guys sugarcoat way too much crap. Like, nobody understands where you're coming from, what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. And so he had to, he had this play as this game. He says, okay, what we're going to do in this in this instance is I want you to go up and meet somebody, and you got you got three answers. You can say, so the, the context is, is um, your mom needs to go to the hospital, and you have to find somebody to take her because you, because you can or something. You have to go up to him and say, I trust you that you will take her there. I'm not sure, or I don't trust you. And he says, begin. So everybody went around and do it, and, and we were playing this game, right? Yeah. And then he got, got done at the, at the end of the game, and he goes, all right. He goes, how many people said that I trust you? And, and people would raise their hand. And how many said they didn't? And how many of you guys, he's trying to look at, see what kind of how we, how, we, how we played out. He goes, how many of you guys said I'm not sure? A lot of hands went up. He goes, you guys are a bunch of sugar coders. Like, ain't nobody understanding you. That's your nice way of saying, I don't trust you. Wow. But he's like, you're a pussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to level up. Yeah. But the fact that people understand where you're coming from, like, yeah. it's difficult because, like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with oh, I'm not sure. That, I mean, you're really saying no, but you're, you're just not acknowledging, like, maybe, maybe, like, I don't know. And they approach you a lot different yeah. than what I've seen as part of you um, getting out of that pond. Because if you sugarcoat it a lot, you, you're still in with that pond with that person. Yeah. But if you are looking into a wider, brighter, more opportunities, can't sugarcoat it. And I'm not perfect at it. But I do have uh, people that I'm, I, that holds me accountable. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no sugar order. Yeah, <laughs> and even if I'm starting to ravel out, and they'll tell me like, "Yeah, you're just BSing it. Come on, man. Come on, come on." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things that has helped me is that I have people that I hold accountable to. And this, you know, the Russian. You've learned about the Russians. They're very straightforward with it. They'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> to make you shiver you know because of the truth you know but i think that's one of the things that i've noticed as well too and i'm not saying that like we should always be perfect about it but there's certain times where like i draw the line especially with um, family members and stuff like that one of the things that people do that always um gets me and i'm trying to work out on is that i've had a pass i've made a lot of mistakes yep I probably owed some people some money from bailing me out from about a couple of jails. <laughs> and what they do is they, in the past, they would use my past, make me feel guilty so I can help them or send oh, money to them. Okay. Trying to control your future yes. based on your past. Yeah. And that's why I have to like level up on like understanding my emotions or what I'm feeling and what I can do about it and why I'm going to do it about it. Because I was just tired of it. I get broke just because, like, I'm just... I post a lot of things on social media that I feel like, you know, I've done something good. I've, even if it's concrete, family life, I post about some trips and stuff. To people, they to a lot of uh, family members and a lot of my community think that I'm, I am got this million dollar in my pocket. So I be, just become a target of, like, hey, man, uh, you remember me. I was with you in high school. Remember that? Remember those old days? Remember the good time, man? Like, or somebody was like, hey, remember, I, you owe me something, you know? Yeah. Like, but, like, I have to ask myself, since when did us helping somebody becomes them owing us, you know, that? And especially parents. And I hear a lot of parents are like, I raise you, so now you owe me. And this is just happening in our community. So I'm trying to, like, help them, like, look, 
you raise a kid, that's your responsibility. But that doesn't say it means that like you owe them that. You know, they're like they'll go and get married, have kids of their own, and you're still gonna hold that them guilty that because you raise them, they owe you something. So if my kids get older and have their own family, I would be proud. I'll support them. If anything, I'll be the one spoiling them until I die. But that's just me. Like, not yeah. spoil them, but help them. You know. Oh yeah. But I'm not gonna go there. I'm like, look, I raise you, I fed you. You owe me this. <laughs> and, and I was one of the, the traps of that little pond has followed me. And I and I struggle with it today, too. And I have to, like, always be mindful. You mentioned another trap that you ran into. You mentioned that when you were down in Tonga, you said that any time you start obtaining success or somebody starts getting momentum in Tonga, somebody's like, no. no. They come smack that nail, knock it down. They don't want you to – they don't want – it's like it's like the crabs in the bucket, right? When yeah. crabs start to move, we have, no, 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 no. We're gonna grab him. We're gonna pull you back down. Yes. Like I mean, as you're trying to, as you were, I mean, you obviously broke free because you came here and you started making some changes. Yeah. Like I don't know what. Just kind of curious how that you had to make an identity shift in my mind to be able to to not be in that bucket and yeah. to be okay being successful. Yeah. That's a, a huge mindset as well. I was in that trap. I will become such good thing on doing so good, getting some kind of a success in our own ways. And then like my friends like, yeah, no, that doesn't work, man. You're just wasting your time. The crap effect happens yeah. a lot. Even if anybody uh, raises awareness of like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm dreaming of building a huge business. Um, even if it's selling goods, selling products or providing a better service. It's like the family just attacks, you know. Either they um, straight away just attacks him, or they like make smart co uh, comments about what he's trying to do and trying to achieve. And people don't know this, but it eats on a lot of people's mind if, oh, yeah. if they let it. So that mindset with me was one of the things that I have to shift coming out here. I realized, and I still have it. When on the beginning, people would say like, "You can't make it." None of us Tongans would be able to do it. But I'm looking around like, I hang out with a bunch of Tongans that does make it. They're making a lot, a lot of money of doing it, you know? <laughs> now, what are you guys talking about? But I think it's just that mindset that they bring, that pawn. They're trying to, they feel like they, they're not part of it or they, they feel like you're doing better than them. Then they want to pull you down so you guys can sit on the same pawn again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The mindset shift for me was, there was a quote by Les Brown that says, um, do not let other people's judgment or whatever they say becomes your reality. So I, I often think of myself like, is is what they're saying is my reality? Or I have a different reality ahead of me. So I always constantly think about that. And um, a lot of the time, it's just when they say things like that, it's just they feel like they can't level up to your level. But that doesn't mean that you have to like drop down to their level. It's just right. appreciate it. Move right. on. You know, I post a lot of content on, on TikTok. A lot of people say, like, you post too much content. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I just throw it in there, you know. Because if they're not, you know, but the thing is, they'll say that. But they'll keep all, those are the people that watch, you know, my content. And to me, it's just, it's just a confirmation that you can be a creator of your life or you let the society dictate what you become. Which is leftovers. Oh, yeah. Leftovers. <laughs> I, I want to be the guy fighting for that piece of pizza 
every day. I've learned recently that there's a, a point in my life where I get that mindset. I'm confident. Nothing negative is going to, and then like I fall back. And I realized the reason why is like um, I have to constantly feed my mind with positive things. I read books. I listen to podcasts. I listen to audiobooks. I hang out with friends that are very successful, more successful than I am. But I do learn a big nuggets from it, and it keeps me grounded. Absolutely. Um, a lot, you know, the phrases like you're the average of your five best friends that you hang out with, right? Um, a lot of times, my friends, if I feel like my friends are putting me down, I read books. I'd rather listen to, you know, a very <laughs> successful guy. They're my friends, you know. They would, you know, give feed my mind with positive so I can stay grounded and oh, yeah. focus on what I need to do to be successful. It's kind of crazy you're saying that because you obviously know who Tony or Tony Robbins is, right? Yeah. He, he was nicknamed in high school the Wonder Boy because he could do some crazy crap and he could make some crazy money. The guy was very, very talented. Wow. What he described is, is he started moving up. Life started getting better. But his friends became uncomfortable being around him because they, didn't, they chose not to level up. And because of that, they kept trying to pull him down. And in the end, he actually had to just he had to do a reboot and, and put different people in his life. He's like, I can't, I can't be at that level. Yeah. But and he, what what actually ended up happening to him is he actually ended up losing it all. Oh, Tony right. Robbins ended up losing it all. He got down to I think he had a buck something in his like five bucks in his pocket. He was at an uh, he was at a restaurant where he figured he could eat all he could eat and get all his food done in one day because he mm-hmm. couldn't afford to go back. It was an all he can eat. He saw some lady come in with her kid and sat down at the table and he was like, and the kid was like a gentleman and he was like, wow, he was just so impressed that he went over and he like, he's like something like, you're taking your mom out on a date. He's like, that's just so cool. He's like, let, I'm going to let you pay. And he took all the money he had in the whole world. It's like $5.47 or something and gave it to gave the it kid. To, wow. And he said that he ran out of there and he left and he said he ran and ran and all the way home, he says his lungs were about ready to burst. He was about to throw up. And he's like, he got out of shape because he, he thought people thought that he didn't deserve it. So he, he started believing it. So he allowed his body to get out of shape. He went broke. He lived in a place where it was so small that he washed his dishes in his bathtub. And in one year from that moment, he changed his mind. He, was, uh, he had made a million dollars and he had a mansion on the beach. He went from there to there. And I literally just had to say enough's enough. Like, like yeah. people will tear you down because they are uncomfortable with your success. It's a success. And you yeah. describe that little pond, man. Oh, yeah. Don't you, don't you dare get out of that <laughs> pond. If you don't get out of that pond, you're like, I'm getting out. Yeah. I will get out. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. If, if you can't, if you, like, that's one of the things that I feel like it's happening. You know, every day I hear it from a lot of successful people talking about like people are trying to constantly pull them down. And if they do, it means you're doing something good in life. (laughs) You're going places. (laughs) You didn't make a dent. Nobody would care. Yeah. But you You keep the care because you made a dent. A dent. Yes. Yes. And what what I've, I've noticed as well, too, is that when you create a different identity, and usually when you have a mindset shift, it usually comes with a different identity of who you are as a person and your priorities are different as well too even me in the past i prioritized like partying hanging out with friends you know just wasting a lot of time and doing things but recently after a good quality portion of my 
years trying to figure out this mindset shift, you know, <laughs> I become a different, you know, person, you know. Yep. And um, I remember one of a, a friend of mine, he's a good mentor. I tell him, like, I'm going to make a million dollars. And he looks at me he's like, that BS. I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to be the first time to be a millionaire. And he says, you're not going to make it. He was like, and I said, why? Why don't you believe me? And he says, because in order for you to be a millionaire, you have to act. You have to become a millionaire. Right there and then changed my mindset. It was <laughs> like, like in beginning, it was the end of uh, 2019, going into 2020. I started January just like, just furious. Because I have to become, I was just like, if that person makes certain amount, like I have to be, you know, I have to level up and become somebody else. Become the millionaire, then in my head, that's what I'm saying. I write it down. Write it down. I put it in my one of my drawers in my office. I pull it up. I'm like, yep. First time to be a millionaire. Pull it back. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's Look roll. At I looked at daily. it. Yes. Because, you know, we learned that you have to visualize your future. and You constantly remind yourself. I sometimes have an alarm about who, what kind of person that I have. I do three alarms during the day. Okay. And all it says is confidence and relentless. Dude, those are the two secret ingredients, yeah. bro. And it just rings, and I pull it up. It's a random alarm, but I name it that. Because when I see it, all right, refocus. That's who I'm going to become today. Because that's a way of you creating your life, not just letting the world dictate what kind of life you become. You know, Because if you let it, they're going to eat you alive. You just have to be not better, but it's a different vibration. So that's what I do. And that alarm has served me. Months and months because I'm constantly walking into appointment with that two things in head. You know, I go into estimates. I talk to people. If I'm hiring somebody, I have to live up to that person. That millionaire attitude, the millionaire person reminds me in my alarm. And I'm ready to sit. I'm ready to go. And it just gives me a more humbly experience with other people. I do also have to remind myself not to be over cocky or let my ego over me. Because I sometimes do that a lot, and we do that a lot of the time. But now I'm more interested in people. I want to hear people's story, how they become successful. And it, success for me is basically somebody working towards a goal every day. It's not like how much money, what kind of car. You know, you've seen my truck. You know, I get it, 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 <laughs> Yeah, but like that, uh, that truck <laughs> is like it's it's an old truck, and I drive it around. I've seen guys driving out in way newer model than I do but it really doesn't matter to me what kind of vehicle what house you have but if you're constantly working towards like a very successful goal to me that's success I love that vibration I'll sit there and listen to people talk about their you know their story all day long so yeah I find a lot of nuggets in that I uh it's funny you talk about that I do that every day I take and there was like one of the stories that I really liked, there was uh, when, when Disneyland got built, right? Mm -hmm. This reporter came up to Walt Disney's brother and he's like, he said, man, too bad Walt's not here to see uh, to see Disneyland. And he goes, he goes, looks at the guy, he's like, excuse me? <laughs> he goes, Walt saw this before it existed. It's just you that are now seeing it. Wow. He's like, he already created it in his mind. He's like, it was created twice. You just saw the second creation. <laughs> and I look at it and like I take and I do the same thing every day. I'm like, all right, like we're, we're going to kill this. What are we going to do? 
Mm-hmm. And I sit down and I, I figure it out. I'm like, all right, so here's my goal. And uh, like, this is the goal. This is what I'm going to achieve. And then I take time in the morning. I visualize it. Like, I'd like to say that I came up with that on my own, but I watched Tony Robbins, yeah. one of the guys that I like, and dude is packed full of rituals. He's got habits of success that create success. Mm-hmm. And you just said it. Okay, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to visualize it. You add these elements in your day where you're like, dude, this is how I'm going to think. This yeah. is how I'm behave. Like, I joke around, like, you see these kids running around with their tongue hanging out, jumping like Michael Jordan? I'm like, you know why? Because he's acting like Michael Jordan. He yeah. might actually be it <laughs> yeah. someday. And he and you're modeling success. That's what that's what he did. I'm like, and, and near as I could tell, I, I mean, you've read that book, Think and Grow Rich, right? Yeah. Boy, those guys visualize it. They write it out. I take and I put these guys up on the wall. I love that. In fact, I put those things on the wall because when guys end up coming to work with me, I'm like, bro, here's the trophy, man. Like, you go hit this, you get that. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to see it so that break free from that that that, that broke mindset. Like, you don't need to be broke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a choice. It's not required. That's, that's it's true. a choice. Like, is that what you want? Like, just, just decide. Like, I don't want to be broke. Okay, then what do you want to do? Okay, then let's talk about that. Now let's get a roadmap, A to B. How are you going to get there? Oh, you need a plan. All right, let's get a plan. The thing that I like that you described, because if your plan, if your plan would have been continuing to work for $300 a month, actually, like, as I think about it, I don't know how many people can become millionaires that actually don't own a business. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? And I'm like... I, I worked at a defense contractor that had the good life. It, dude, I got stuck in a vacuum. It was easy. Like, this recession came, didn't even notice it. Like, wow. every, everywhere else was struggling. Recession, I didn't notice it. Life was good, yeah. and I kept going. But because I got complacent and I got trapped in okay, I, like, I got stuck there. And I, it, was, it was, dude, it was like a, I was like a plunger, man. It was like, <laughs> trying to come back out. Wow. I'm like, whoa. But but then finally you, you break free, and it's crazy because your break free came. Actually, you know what's you know cool about your story when you were talking about that? What? Your ability to break free actually came the allocation of your free time that created your opportunity to start your business. But had you had had you had had the mindset that I'm going to go work and then I'm going to come home and just play go dink around and, and not use any of my free time to start creating a better life, you probably would have got stuck. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that ritual that you talk about. Every successful person that I've, you know, learned and read their books, they have some kind of ritual that they constantly reshape themselves in a position to be successful. And I have to like think about like, okay, what kind of habits that I'm doing right now that is not benefiting me to be <laughs> to reach my goal. I'm working. Yes, you know. Yeah. And I, and I make a list of like priorities or a family, God, this and this, work and this. And if like my my action priorities is just on the bottom, so I had to rethink. And you have to like schedule it in. I suck at scheduling anything, <laughs> you know. But recently I'm trying, you know, I schedule, okay, here's prayers, scripture reading, time to be able to do this, time to do this and this and this, oh, go through my priorities. So when at the end of the day, I feel like, oh yeah, I've done. You yeah, actually, that's awesome. And I also have to learn that there's some actions that are basically a waste of time. If In my head, I'm like, I'm busy trying, <laughs> you know, and those are the, 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 the things that like, 
the worst. The trap. The is, trap. The yeah. trap believing you're productive because you're busy. Busy. They ain't nothing getting done. Nothing. Yeah. No big levers. No rocks moving up hills. Nothing. Yeah. But you're busy. But I'm busy. I'm busy. You know, it goes back to that uh, 2080 rule. You know, what are the 20% work that you're doing so you can be profit? Do that more. Because, but I find myself struggle. You know, hanging out with the 80 80 percent work. You know, and then tell myself I'm busy. But I actually, you know, I was talking to a friend and he completely changed my mindset. Yeah, we have a lot of talents in our community as far as construction. We're strong men. Yeah, you, you know. Are. <laughs> yeah, but no brains. You know what I mean? It's like nobody can. I didn't. I'm not saying brains like you know nobody's smart but i'm saying like there has to be somebody that connects everybody so that people can profit for everybody can profit better yeah we're all out here we grew up together family friends but we're individually doing our own thing what i'm trying to do is like okay you're good at this if anything i run into like i need it i'm not gonna do it myself i'm gonna call you I'm like hey come help me with doing this i know you do a better job in doing it i know i can do it but I know you can do it. So I'm collecting our community together so we can process. They make money. I make money. And we walk away with a really good quality work. That's what we're doing right now is doing that. Oh, somebody needs work and help here. All right. Who's good at it? Who's good at it? And so what I'm trying to do is sort out, all right, who's good at this? Who's good at framing? Who's good at pouring? Who's good at finishing? So we kind of work together instead of like one person, like I can do it all. And that's... What I'm trying to do is like, yeah, we can all do it. We have the talents to figure it out and do it ourselves. But what if we can work together to individually benefit each other? So it's the talent that I want to like figure out to capture that amongst our people. Why go on our own and try to figure out things where we can work as a collective people to prosper, you know, prosper? We make that mistake a lot here in Utah. Yeah. Everybody loves to do their own thing and be the DIY guy. Yeah. And I'm like, you sure you wouldn't make more money if you actually allowed talented people to do that thing instead of trying to do everything? Everything you own. Like, why don't you just do the one good thing you're good at? Yeah. Like, get that right. Yeah. Because we, I think we get stuck being okay with average instead of being excellent. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm average at everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a regular average at everything. But, I, like, but I'm awesome at nothing. I even suck at some things, but I'm not awesome at <laughs> it, right? Yes. Like, dude, like, that's one of the things that I've worked on with my business. Like, I used to kind of work on editing my own videos. I'm, in the end, I was like, screw this, bro. You can hire you somebody. You can get, like, your stuff is so much better. Like, I'm done. I can't I can't get there from A to B. I got, yeah. There's too many, there's too actually, part of it is, is when I look at it too, not every job has the same value. I made this mistake. This is the mistake I made when I was younger. When I was younger, I went and got a job. My dad's like, hey, you know, if you go down to Albertsons and you keep talking to them, eventually the guy's going to hire you, right? So eventually they did. And I, I was down there and I was bagging groceries. I was a great grocery bagger. I was awesome, man. People loved me. <laughs> Bro, like, there ain't no way on this God's green earth you're going to get paid a lot for bagging somebody's groceries. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's, it's just not in the cards. But if somebody would have said to me, Mike, look, let me tell you the secret to life. And they said, Here, here's the deal. Go find yourself an influencer. Go find yourself somebody that knows how to make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Go hang out with them. Go, like, I don't care what it takes. Go do something with them. Help them. And, and if you put yourself in proximity to that, you will discover your life's going to change. And wow. I, I wasted 
way too many years. Like, like I've got a friend, okay? He, he went on his mission. Went on his mission, came back. He was doing sales of this company. Well, he's making, I don't know, he's probably making okay money. But his big his big goal was, I want to figure out how to make a million bucks. I want to be, I want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So he quit that job, and he went and worked for a guy who was in the real estate space that was an influencer. When he got in proximity to him, he learned marketing. He learned how to create sales funnels. He figured out how to create products. He figured out how to create video, how to create content, how to run events from the stages. And the crazy thing is, is like two, within about two years of working there, he got fired. And he took, but, but you watch what he walked away with. He went from zero to $25 million in less than two years. Like, I don't know if they got some hard feelings. They probably do because one guy's like, F you, you're going to come back. He's like, no, blah, blah, yeah, F you, I'm never coming back. And he's like, they both think they're, the other one's going to come groveling. And, 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 I mean, good thing is he burned the bridge so that he couldn't go back. Go back, yeah. But as a result, he walked away with the skill set that changed everything. Mm-hmm. So he's 26 years old. He's already... He's already, he, he had already hit multi million dollars before he was even twenty six. Wow! And I'm like, like, so if I went back to myself, I tell myself, look, stop, stop. Like there, you're, there's no value in washing dishes like that. Mm-hmm. There's no value in bagging groceries like that. There's no value in this. You're 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 doing it all wrong. Like you you met the wrong people. So yeah. Stop. Do something different. That would have changed everything for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember going along with that when I first started construction, not going to lie, have no experience. <laughs> I went in there on an interview. I drove my wife's car there. I took the interview and I, the guy said, are you a concrete finisher? And I said, yeah, have no clue what a concrete finisher is. <laughs> I know it has to do with concrete, but I walked in there to the office, get the interview. They were desperate to hire people. All right, you're on. Start tomorrow. I don't care how you get into the job site, but get there in seven o'clock. So I showed up. I didn't know that they needed uh, tools for <laughs> as a concrete finisher. You carry your own tools with you all the time. I didn't know. I showed up and everyone's like, so where's your tools? Like, I didn't know you were supposed to bring tools. They lent me a set of tools to finish. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first day I was trying to hide from the foreman because the foreman, it sees me that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, probably my last day. But then there's a kid there. He's probably like in the low end of the crew. Yeah. Does the cleanup. He does this. His name is Jose. Okay. I came in and I said, Jose, I have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, but you're hired as a concrete finisher. I know, but I I need the job. (laughs) So (laughs) help me out here. So here's the kid on the lower end of the crew teaching me how to finish concrete. That's what we're pouring that day. So I got paid that week. I did the same thing. I get paid that week and I was like... I think it was midweek that I started. It was 300 bucks. Went home. I told my wife, look, I, I have 300 bucks. They need me to have tools. Can we go buy for the next few weeks if I go buy, use the money to buy tools? And she said, okay, go ahead. So I went into Walmart, you know. Here's me with <laughs> Walmart, like, well, right? Walmart tools. <laughs> I was getting, you know, tools. Just I thought it was concrete tools. I bought it, bought a, a you know, a, a five-gallon bucket. Put it out. I was so proud of myself. I walk into the to the job site the next week, and the boss looks at me and my tools, and he just shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> he just shakes his head. 
Are you doing congruent with that? Those are blaster, um, you know, the tools that you like. Bah. I was like, I don't care, dude. If it does the job, it does the job. So he was like, go on and start working. So I went that, and then I started accumulating, learned like, oh, this is the good tool for this. <laughs> and I remember um, one of my good friends uh, were doing running his own business. Yeah. It was very successful. And on the weekends, he's like, hey, if you don't have anything on the weekends. Come help me. So I go help him, and I admire how he's doing his work. And I'm like, so do you make a lot of money doing your own stuff? And he's like, dude, a lot more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what? How about, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, yeah. So how about this? I I work for you. I work for you for a few months on the weekends. Yeah. You teach me all you know about concrete. Yeah. He's like, okay, all right. So I was I was working full time. I was working for him on the weekends, and some of the weekends, like I have my own jobs, I do my own thing, you know. But he was one of the guys that I call him for everything. Everybody asks me like, "How do you do this?" I call him up, Sony. How do we do this? And luckily enough, they're good people. Oh yeah. So this is how I do it. He says, "This is how you can do." It. So I learned as I was trying to grow my business, and I found that I'm good at everything, but I am better in talking to people about. Our service, like the sales part of it, I'm not the best at sales, but I am always good when I'm walking with the customers to the backyard to show me stuff. I know exactly what I need to say in regards of service of what I'm doing. So I stick to that. I will find work, and if I can't do it, I have my my other friend does it. You know, but I've learned that like I'm very good at that. So I stick with it. I still do the odd ends of like, you know, finishing the work, framing, and all that. But what I'm very passionate about is like the sales part of it, talking to people. And a lot of times people think sales is a, I think sales people, we should all learn sales because we sell I, services, anything, even our kids. I'm trying to sell them. You are, you're selling the kids, your wife. Yeah. You're trying to get a job, you're trying to, yeah. like, I don't know where influence doesn't work. No, but like sales is like major. And I'm still learning it. I want to learn more. One thing that I've done with my kids in, I've told this story a lot. Is um, when my my girl was three years old, my oldest. She's five now. I would always give her options instead of giving her, "Oh no, you can't do that." I'm like, "Okay, you either have this or this. Which one?" And she does it. And I don't remember who I learned it from, but I always do that with her. Ah, that's a good strategy. Yeah. So instead of saying no to them, I give them options so she knows. So you either go eat this or eat that. So that way, she there's no in between. So she has she makes a choice because I think a lot in our life we think that we don't have choice. You said yep. it before, but we have a choice. Yeah, we just have to find we what choice, choice that we can do. Now, like if I take her to anywhere, the stores, she brings two toys and like that. Should I get this? <laughs> this? Now she's selling you. Now she's selling to me, <laughs> and it's a good skill that you need to teach the kids because oh, you know and later in life it'll be useful because. Now I have no choice but to buy a toy for them. Uh, you want this one or that one? <laughs> you know, even food. She would like say, okay, you, you want this or this? So it's a good thing. A good strategy, I think. Oh, it's been helpful. Girl. I love it. <laughs> well, man, I bet. Where do we, yeah. We've been here almost an hour, dude. So if people want to find you, Sioni, where, where, where should they go find you at? Where do you want to be found? Um, I'm pretty much in Facebook. Under Xiaoxi Langi. I am on TikTok a lot. You are on TikTok. You got like 18,000 plus uh, followers. You got a lot on there. Um, it's Langi underscore 12. And I'm on Instagram. Um, 
and for for your listeners, I'm I'm not professional, but I'm trying to make a difference. We talked before. Um, we live in a life that I think with everything that's going on in the world, we need more people that inspire and to help others grow, minds mindset wise. Because if we can't, then we will, we're just letting the world consume us. Um, dangerous, man. Dangerous, very dangerous. Not everybody, most of actually, I mean, strange as it sounds, 50% of America only have 2.5% of the wealth. So if you want to you wanna hang out down there, all you have to do is listen to 50% of the people standing around. Yep, yep. 10% own 37%. No, yeah. no, no, no. The top 1% own 37%. Yeah. The top ten percent of Americans own seventy percent. Wow. And then you got a little wedge in there for about thirty percent for the top fifty, and then the bottom the bottom fifty only has two and a half percent of all the wealth. The wealth. And so Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. And I just wanted to invite people to come and tune in to Mike's <laughs> I feel like, you know, we can talk for like, you know, four or five hours about, you know, things that we learn and experiences. But, you know, if you guys tune in to Rags to Riches Secrets, it's a, I'm de- it's a definitely good listen. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of golden nuggets that you guys will pick up on. it, And that's the whole idea of this is that we, we listen, we pick what we know that it's benefits and it'll help us grow. Right. Very good. Half the crap I say it might be. Crap, man. Just take the nuggets. Take, take the nuggets. Drop yes. the rest. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, thank Dude. you, brother. Appreciate it, brother. For yeah. The time.